Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. So, Joe, you and I have been talking about an idea for a little while. This time of year, we have what's called the State of the Union. And for those who aren't in America, consider yourselves lucky that you don't have to deal with this stuff at the start of the year. Um, but it's all that's all politically based. We want to keep it all comic space. So what we're trying to do is talk to several indie publishers about what's going on with them, what went on last year in 2022, because man, it was a great year to be an indies comics fan in 2022. Um, and then now we got 2023 coming up and we know there's a lot of interesting projects continuing, some that are going to be coming up. Uh, so Joe, who are we talking to today as we uh, start our State of the Union? Well, I'm very excited to once again bring Axel Alonso from AWA Studios onto a show. Axel, it feels like just yesterday we spoke to you. It might have been yesterday uh, that we just spoke to you, but well, welcome back to the show. This is entirely new facial hair, just so you know, because I shaved clean for a couple of months, I believe, and then grew it back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but congrats on an awesome 2022. I mean, we were talking about it during our annual and how you guys had so much awesome stuff come out throughout the course of the year. Um, and, of course, with you guys, it's more about quality than quantity because usually – like actually, we were surprised. I think it was maybe a little bit in 2021 and part of 2022 where you had a few weeks – where you guys were putting out two books in a given week, but yeah. usually it's one a week for you guys, and obviously awesome stuff. Um, the first thing we want to ask as we start looking back on 2022 is, what are some of the moments that stood out to you the most from AWA last year? Um, man, it's hard to pick as I'm picking children. I uh, <laughs> I was very, very excited about the release of The Fourth Man by Jeff mm -hmm. McCombsey and Mike Diodato, because it was a book that was I was really fond of, so off the beaten track like a Fogo-esque dark comedy crime thriller. And to see, see it connect with people the way it did was was really gratifying. Yeah, the way that book was written too, and the way, you know, how each issue gave you a little bit more, gave you a little bit more, and then it, how it all just came together in that fifth issue. And, and to say that you guys had quite the year, I forgot about it. And that was one of my favorite books because you know, <laughs> all, all the stuff that had come out, you know, towards the end of the year. And when I was going back and taking a look at the year in review for our, you know, our annual um, issue, that's like, holy smokes. The fourth man did come out this year. That book was, was friggin' awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's Diodato with with his, his art style too and everything. I mean, I, it's amazing. I like, just see like, oh, wait a minute. Who's that? Who does that look like? I, I love how he does that. Yeah, young James Kahn was in it. I love that. Oh, yeah, Paul Giamatti, I think, Paul was Giamatti, in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a wild one. But ben, actually, Foster, ben Foster is the fourth man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, you know, when you say it's like picking your, your favorite child, that was actually something we were considering, too, was just, you know, looking at this past year, what's your favorite title? Like, I got to imagine that's a tough Hard one to for do. you to go through. I don't have a title. I will say that my, my, my most uh, badly behaved child was uh, Hit Me. Krista Palace and Priscilla Prietas. I love that book. It was so off the beaten path. Again, it's a, a crime thriller, erotic thriller about a sex worker who witnesses a murder and escapes in the night with a bag full of diamonds and is pursued by these bad guys. Then she pulls off a Yojimbo on everyone at the end of the day. It's amazing. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was awesome. And actually, so when you say your worst behaved child, obviously there's a little bit of a joke in there. But, yeah. you know, we, we talked in the past about, you know, Preacher and, you know, what you had to deal with when you were covering that. It's, it's obviously dealing with different stuff, but still edgy stuff. 
in hit me more so than any other other titles i would say at least um do you deal you guys deal with any pushback in any capacity on that title or maybe any other title throughout the course of this past year or even uh, since 2018 surprisingly no i thought we would get a lot Good. of pushback if there was i missed it when well, we go with a lot of people that appreciated the authenticity of the book and how it really was a real real look at that world because the writer Krista faust was in a past life a sex worker and a dominatrix mm -hmm. she knows the people she knows the culture inside out so people were happy because authentic mm -hmm. mostly they're happy there was a book that was written and drawn by a woman to women mm -hmm. yeah so it was it was a very you know female forward project in that regard yeah dealing with a really divisive subject which is sex working you know yeah, yeah, that was impressive. It was very interesting. Yeah, it definitely made me a little, little, little squeamish or squirmish at times, but it was, it was excellent. Uh, so while you said you don't, you didn't get any pushback on that title, were there any titles that you you put out in twenty twenty two that did uh, give you maybe some surprising uh, pushback on? Let me think this over. Nothing comes to mind, to tell you the truth. Um, I expected some for New Think, but we didn't want really to get that. Mm. Because New Think was a very different project, an anthology like Black Mirror that was dealing with the whole idea of technology, how we interact with it, how it's taking over our lives, social media, and all the things that are, you know, kind of confusing our lives right now. Hmm. We ended up getting mostly good feedback on that. So, Not yeah. All Robots was another one. That, Not All Robots was last year too, right? That was I so. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, yeah. That was also earlier in the year too. That's another one that I, I saw that one getting quite a bit of hype and people's end of the year stuff. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we won the Eisner and the and the and the right. Ringo for that's too much comic book, which I loved. Yeah, again, it's, I can't pick a favorite child because I love them all for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a book that's particularly layered in its approach and so funny. And also, Mike Diodato grounded it. One mm. of the artists who would ground it and make and give it a, a, an air gravitas. So again, it, it's a, you want the joke to land like da ha ha. You want it to land a game, you know. Right. Yeah, because with that series in particular, right, it was the first issue sort of ended with a bit of a bang, pun intended yeah. there. And then you sort of you, you you get you get pulled into this world where, you know, the the, the humans are the, the are the serfs. And you see like you're seeing like these these very human things happen with these robots. But then the way it ended, you go, oh, geez, when, when can we get the second volume? Right. That mm -hmm. was that was wild. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. We want we have a story idea for it. So who knows? Nice. I love that. So really, it's it's the AI apocalypse in a different way. Yeah, the robots took over and they regret it. Yeah, which was which <laughs> which was great. So funny. Yeah. What, what am I? What are we thinking? You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of my favorite bits in that book was the Fox News style uh, show. You know, where you had like two robots and a human on there, and, it, and, and just them going back and forth. You know, a bunch of talking head robots. That every time those popped up, there was there was some great humor in metal there. Splaining, metal splaining. Metal Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. He's a so, genius when it comes to social parody. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was really fantastic. And and so one of the things that. Uh, was supposed to come out in 2022 axel was uh gatsby and i believe that was originally supposed to come out as individual um issues but the decision was made to push it back to 2023 and release it i believe as uh, a trade paperback so what was it that sort of led to that decision and then to follow up on that it will there will we see more of that from awa yes Yes, good question. And yes, what happened with, with uh, Gatsby is that when I originally acquired Gatsby, our preferred format was to do it as a, an OGN. Okay. But mm -hmm. we elected not to go that route because we wanted to get it out sooner. Mm. So we were on schedule to get it completed by November. Why not get it out as issues? 
do variants and get it out there. But then what happened is we kept looking at thinking, you know, this is a story that's better better read as one sitting. Hmm. Let's have an impact in the book market as well as a direct market. Mm-hmm. So we, we we calculated and decided let's do this this way. And Jeremy was all behind it. Yeah. I said, look, we have the opportunity to make do with an OGN, mm-hmm. or we can release it as planned as a comic book. He said, you know, I want the OGN, so let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at not just the, the, the independent publishing space, but also the big two, I don't I wonder why we don't see more of it. I know we see it with, with TKO where they go and they they that's that is their whole model. Yeah, but I would model. think when we look at like you know, mangas, it's like all that stuff is, is published in like one volume at a time. Um, and it's like, I mean, Joe and I just did our first episode on mangas and like these things are like 400, you know, page things. And, but, pe- but people read them and like young readers read them. So I would think in collected editions, do, do they sell better, generally speaking, that you found actually even like before your days with AWA? Well, or What happens is you monetize comic books uh, more than OGNs at the gate. Mm. By and large, as a rule, you make more money if you produce it as, as individual issues. Mm. And you do all the tricks and bells and whistles of, of variants and all the rest. Sure. You get the people along for the ride. You have the yeah. second hit as, at the trade paperback stage. Mm-hmm. Again, with the OGN, you have the completion, the idea of a reader can sit down and complete it in one or two sittings. Mm-hmm. The whole story. They don't have to wait for the next chapter. They can binge read, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. I mean, and it's, there are definitely some instances too, where Joe and I have had it where, you know, we didn't read it. We hadn't read a title before. And then we find it later on as the collected edition and then, but it's still not completely done. And then we're playing catch up. It's, it's weird how readers can, there's so many different ways that people can consume comics. And then you have the whole digital space, which is another thing. thing, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Looking, did you have something else on 2022, Joe, before we moved to 2023? Well, yeah, real quick, because I wanted to talk about the trade uh, paperback thing because Ackles uh, said, yeah, they will. You, you, AWA will be planning to you know, put more titles out uh, in that manner. Was that something that you guys sort of decided on before Gatsby? Like, oh, let's let's try and do some more of these, you know, going forward. Or was it the process of working on Gatsby and saying, yeah, let's just put this all at once that led that led to, um, oh, let's let's try this with more titles. Well, among other things, our new CEO, Matthew Anderson, who built and ran Roku, really impressive credentials, was always a big advocate for the OGN format. Mm-hmm. And thought, why not produce it as one sit-down read? So that helped me. I was music to my ears. And then what happened is when we were doing this, we decided Gatsby, we realized we have a couple of other things coming on the pike we should do as OGNs as well. So we have a couple more things to announce soon. Nice. As well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of stuff to announce, many let's move. Many more in 2023. Many more in 2023. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Good. So yeah. speaking of 2023, let's start. Let's stop looking, living in the past. That was an awesome year for AWA. <laughs> but let's look ahead to 2023. We already know we got some awesome titles uh, that we do want to ask you about. Of course, we have Trojan, which Joe has already talked about on the show, and he has called Dibs. Uh, we have Black <laughs> Tape coming out at the start of February, which I called Dibs on. Joe tried to screw me out of this, actually. I was so <laughs> a mad. A lot of her. A lot of her. Yeah, yeah. Black, Black Tape was right up my alley, too. And we'll get into that more later. And then, of course, our guy, Colin Bunn, who was the one that originally connected us with you, along with Ronnie oh, Barnes. Boy, boy, yeah. uh, Red Zone coming out in March. And we do, and that's, of course, Lee Luffridge and Mike Diodato on that. And we'll talk about those more in a second. Yeah. But before we do that, is there anything else that maybe isn't out there on 20, for 2023 that you're able to tell us about? I know you told us last time we were on that you had a, some Garth Ennis stuff going on. And I believe Marjorie Finnegan had been announced at that point, the, um, the, the option. Producer and a director. Mm-hmm. Like we're in really good shape. Um, yes, I, the the Garth Ennis project is one I'm very very excited about. It's the opposite of Marjorie Finnegan in tone and substance. It's an amazing horror book. Ooh. 
Ooh. Overlaps the world of crime. It's a perfect horror movie. It's a really perfect horror movie. It's amazing stuff. Wow. I can't say much more about that yet, but we're going to talk about it soon. I'll be back on your show to talk about it for an hour one time, okay? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll have you on next week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Garth will come hang out with us one time, too. We'd love to, to pick his brain a little bit because you guys have such a long working relationship, too. Yeah. twenty More than 20 years at this point. Yeah. I had a full head of hair. Black yeah. hair. <laughs> <laughs> full you mullet know, and everything. You know, yeah, yeah. you know what's funny? Actually, I, just people make that joke all the time. And like, honest to God, this is the first time I feel like I've ever heard it and it's like no like i could see how garth dennis would cause you to lose your hair if you're his boss <laughs> <laughs> when i edited preacher every every once a month on the wednesday it dropped i would wait for the email that said your service is not required anymore <laughs> man i'm gonna get mail about that book from people we're gonna turn your we're gonna turn dc comics into a parking lot man it's crazy how, how i mean just it, with the stuff that you went through even back then and i i get that everybody you know went through stuff but i just look at now where it's every you're so much more easy to access uh you and like other you know creators and then and, and, and shot callers and everything like that it's just see now hear now about it it's just it's it's kind of wild to me but so we got to end this one that's very exciting um is there any other creators that maybe we haven't heard from maybe even the ones that we have heard from that are, are going to yeah. be doing stuff with I, awa i think give away too much but i will say some familiar names that are doing a project with us cool i've got uh, j michael straczynski and aco are nice. coming up for an amazing book awesome amazing book uh that is a dark and funny uh, blending of Kill Bill and the Avengers. Oh, okay. Ooh. Kill Bill and the Avengers. Okay. Kill Bill meets the Avengers. Yeah, it's really cool. Was it nice. ACO that worked with Peter Milligan on Ronan? Yeah. American Ronan? Yeah. yeah. He's the yeah. Serenko okay. of this generation. Oh, man. Peter Milligan. <laughs> Uh, Sacrament too. We didn't oh, actually. We haven't. That, that's when we haven't talked to you about it at all. By the way, like I know. Again, we wanted to move on for twenty two. But holy shit, Joe read that. He almost called dibs, but he knew that was another one that's right <laughs> up my alley. Wow, that was so good, man. That was awesome. And Marcelo's really good. Amazing. Yeah. Artist. Oh, his 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 yeah. art was like you felt it. You didn't just like read the horror, but you saw it. You yeah. felt it. Like every like with the demon and everything. You just. I felt like I was getting possessed. Yeah, <laughs> at times he you did know, a lot of work for me book. back at Vertigo. I and I couldn't wait to work with him again. Awesome. And I got this thing, Marcel. How about doing this? Is I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was kind of mind blowing that Joe and I talked about when it all wrapped up um, into where we really could sink our teeth in and and, and reflect on it more. Uh, you know, we both we you know we all like sci fi in some capacity, and then you know I particularly like when we're dealing with you know heaven and hell, angels and demons, and that kind of stuff. But I don't feel like we've I've seen. I, at least I, I haven't caught this like a lot of crossover within those two genres in the, much, yeah. yeah the way you guys did it, i was like I, I read it right away it didn't even cross my mind it wasn't until later on in this year it's like wow i've never really seen this and it, it's it works i could see how it would work horribly and it worked perfectly for you guys i mean peter's a writer of substance and he was dealing with a very accessible high concept it's the exorcist meets alien yeah you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. see it's a very accessible high concept People get it out the gate, and he adds layers to it, so it's not just one note. So yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, so I got Straczynski and ACO on this book. We'll be announcing soon, but it is amazing. The art is crazy good. It's an nice. amazingly violent revenge story. Uh, that is again, as I said, Kill Bill meets the Avengers. You're, that sounds like fun. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah you're so we got my Ennis, Kill Bill, and then and for the horror, and then Kill Bill meets the Avengers. Nice. Those are that's awesome. 
Yeah, that's the one thing you could say about ACA, uh, ACA. <laughs> you got to think about ACO, uh, AWA is that, you know, the artists that you guys have on these books, they're all fantastic. And what they do great, they do excellent, I should say, is that they know the tone of yeah. the book and they, they draw it, you know, almost perfectly. And, you know, what, one of the things I've loved about AWA from the get go, right, is in this probably come to your time you know with with vertigo and working on preacher and 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 pushing you know pushing the boundaries a bit is that we 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 get these really gritty stories and we just talked about sacrament we talked about hit me you know already archangel eight right bad mother you know you we get these stories that you know they they touch on themes that are a little bit more mature they're they're a little grittier and I just read uh, Trojan issue one and, you know, I'm reading it and, I, you know, it, what's great about it, too, is, is the pacing of this particular issue is really great because you're getting sucked into this world. You really don't know what's going on. And then, boom, it's boom. dark yeah. web. It's, yeah. you know, you know, it's it's preying upon people who uh, are creatures, you know, that are different. Yeah. And I got some hit me vibes with without it being sort of to that level of hit. But once like there was this panel where it's like, you know, it's a camera and it's this person laying on the ground and, and their horns are being cut off. Right. And you, what the hell is, is, is going on here? And just I think the way that the, the idea of this book is excellent. How did that come to be? And why was that a story that uh, you said? Yes, I want. Oh, it's funny. That. Yeah. Uh well, first of all, Daniel Krauss, the writer. Oh, an excellent. Amazing talented writer. He he finished George Romero's final work in the Of the Dead series, The Living oh, Dead. Mm-hmm. An amazing, amazing novel. He was handpicked by the estate to, wow. to finish it. So he, he he wrote the book, which is very impressive. It's an amazingly well written book. Jeez. I'm a zombie, I'm a zombophile, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm it was amazingly done. So we were talking about he did year zero for me. Yep. So we spoke about that. We were talking about other stuff. I said to him, you know, well, let's, I'd love to work with you on more stuff. So you're discussing about what we could work on. And I said, just so you know, I'm a real, one of the things I find most fascinating is the dark web. What you can find on the dark web. He said, oh, I got an idea. <laughs> so we, they, he sent me an idea and we talked about it. It ended up being a different idea than what he pitched, but all for the better. All for okay. the better. Yeah, because what I what I loved about it too was the construct of the issue where you've got like T minus X hours to next live show, and you've you've got this character who's trying to sort of infiltrate this world, and you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is with AWA and some of their artists like to draw uh, the male genitalia, but the panel oh, yeah. there where you've got to click on the right uh, penis to get you know yeah. sort of like the access code into the dark web. Like I thought that was great. I've been a huge fan of Daniel Krauss since the Autumnal. Yeah, that was yeah. one of my one of my favorite comics, and he's he's doing the the Year Zero uh, series. So, just yeah. he's he's doing it uh, great justice there. Yeah, I love his writing. I love his way he thinks. And Trojan was amazing because we were thinking, what could be more perverse? You can kill the body, but what if you kill the very idea of hope? Yeah, and that's Man. what these creatures, these creatures represent is hope. There's something more than this. If you kill that on camera, what could be more sick and perverted than that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, yeah, and I got to now. I got to wait on this one for Joe to talk about it on the show. This is cruel and unusual punishment, but I, I got black tape at least. Oh and yeah, I'm, and I'm even more excited for this one, quite honestly, too. Even because looking at this, I mean, you got two creators that like, for, 
who I, you know, I was aware of Dan Panosian before this past year, but then reading Canary, um, and he where he was the artist on that, and then he also had Alice Ever After, Talibor, Dalibor, Tali Each, who John Lee's lectured us for a half hour on how to say his name. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but no, how do you, but he, how do you see it? He told us he told us it was Tali Each. Tali Each. Okay, I've been saying it wrong for fifteen years. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, yeah, I'll have to fix it. Uh, oh man! Well, we thought it was. What did you, what did you say originally, Joe? We have to. Oh, I can't, I can't remember. Tell oh, each, you know, you're right though. You are the the C at the end should be ch like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's how that's what uh, John. Yeah. Well, he had it wrong too. Dalibor Talajik, I've been saying, but it's wrong. <laughs> I mean, I would. Yeah, I can see that. But I mean, obviously, his work on Hotel was. Mm. I mean, I mean, we, we, you know how much we love Hotel. But how did this epic creative team come together? How did you get these two to work together? Well, I talked with Dan about writing something for me, mm -hmm. and uh, he came up with a picture of black tape. He pitched me a few things. Black tape was the one I liked best. We discussed an approach to it. So the original idea got modified a little bit in discussing it. And But the idea of doing a, a, a horror story in the vein of Hereditary or, or Rosemary's Baby set in the mm. world of, of, late, of early 70s rock and roll in L.A. was fascinating to me. Mm. Yeah. And, and it goes back to the whole thing about how, you know, satanic panic and how, you know, they say that, you know, there's that record you play backwards and this is Hail Satan, Hail Satan. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what if that were true? Only a lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah. There. So that's what Black Tape is about. A rock a rock god, a heavy metal rock god dies on stage. And his stage. widow is grieving his death alone in the mansion. When it becomes clear, some people believe that he had one final album he recorded that hasn't been released yet. Mm. And okay. all the people around her want her to find the tape, but she can't find it. What she does find, though, she finds a secret compartment in her mansion that shows her terrifying stuff about who her husband really was. Oh, investigating to find out more and more about who, who was my husband. Man, I'll does this tape exist? And if it does, do I dare play it? I'll tell, <laughs> yeah. you, I'll tell you what, we we talked. Um, you know, we, we know with, with, you know, at the end of every issue that you always like when you're talking about single copies that you want to have that, um, you know, we know that you want to like, end on a cliffhanger in some capacity. But when we had Sean Lewis on a little while back, he really talked to us about how important he's found out about that in, in his work for Brighton Spawn. But I'm looking at the with the in, without saying what happens. I'm looking at the review copies that we have here um, and for, for man, like. The understanding the background a little bit more and looking at what I'm seeing here, like, yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna, this, that's the propulsion that you need going into that second issue. Um, you're right, the first issue has got to grab you and suck mm -hmm. you in, especially with horror, mm -hmm. you need to drag people in the next issue, they have to come back. Yeah. yeah. And now Dalibor's artwork obviously helps with that as well. Yeah. And I'm curious what led to him because when I look at him, I don't. And not that he can't do like heavy metal or rock and stuff like that, yeah. but I think more eerie, I guess. And I get so there's like there is like a, a line there for me that's a little bit different. But I'm looking at it now. I mean, obviously, there's great line work in it. For me, it was that you know he's he's a, a an amazing storyteller first and foremost. Mm. He never skimps on, on backgrounds and environment, which is important to the book. You need an artist that, that doesn't skip on backgrounds because the environment is such a big part of the story throughout. The mansion, Hollywood Hills, you know. Uh, all the rest you need into the details and the clothing and stuff like that from the 70s mm. but also he did heart in hotel very nicely so i thought you know i could see him transitioning and doing this giving the yeah 
Yeah, yeah, because he's sure. got a a real sort of macabre, you know, sort of eeriness, you know, to his art, you know, that I love. And this this comic sounds a lot like the pact that Nick and I have that if he ever dies, I have to go, you know, erase his search uh, his search history. So so one of the things that I'm fascinated uh, or very excited for, I should say in 2023 it's bringing back cullen bunn you mm. know uh to to write some stories for you because he's done um um a bite-sized for you guys which is more for you know young adults you know, younger readers and so this so- sounds anything but so we've got um red zone from cullen bunn uh again talk us a little talk to us a little bit about what this book is about what led you know, you know, bring Cullen in, you know, to write a different type of story for you the guys. Cover of this thing, holy shit! <laughs> okay. So, uh, Cullen is one of my favorite guys and writers. He's a, he's a really good friend of mine. I love his work and I trust him implicitly on everything from Marvel work to here. What he's done for me has been amazing, and he's got amazing range as well, from bite size to red zone. You know, mm-hmm. he did the the, the very family yeah. friendly bite size for us, and bite size two, which is coming out as well. You know, so he's a uh, and Red Zone is an amazing book. What what happened with Red Zone is I went to Cullen. We talked about doing something. I said I'd love to do a, I'd love to do a uh, action movie featuring an out of shape older dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah, sounds like, like me. Like, like Bad Mother, an out of shape <laughs> older, older guy who's in over his head. Again, so, sounds but, like me. <laughs> yeah, Cullen came back with Red Zone, and we talked about it. We and fine tuned it. But again, the idea of doing a story about there's a a a fifty something or sixty something let's say a sixty something academic teaching Russian history in a university is approached by a special operative who says we need your help we need you to go with us to Russia to extract a, a woman who you know from your past she needs to get out of the US, she has to get out of out of Russia right away her life is in danger she'll only come with us if you're there huh. Will you come with us? So the, the professor, the nerdy professor says, I'll come. I went to her. So he goes with them to Russia. They find her. Then everything goes to hell. He goes with an elite strike team. He goes with the, the expendables, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The helicopter from Terminator, the original Terminator, the toughest, toughest guys. About a th- two-thirds of the way through the book, spoiler alert, they're wiped clean by, oh. Rus- by Russian strike team. They're just taken out. Mm. So... Our, our little nerdy professor dude is left alone to get out of Russia with the, with the, with his care. <laughs> Only Rough. she's dead, and her daughter's there. He can't leave the daughter behind. Oh boy! What you're going to learn is this guy's got a lot more up his sleeve than you thought. Wow! Yes, yeah. And, yeah. And see, Nick, you hear that? That's the sound of me calling dibs. No way! You can't call <laughs> dibs on a Colin book. That's it sounds works, funny. Axel. You know what's funny is I thought like I thought, I, thought, uh, I thought you wouldn't do that. I was like, I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to do it because I saw it before Joe did, and I was like, I'm not going to call dibs on it. I mean, you talk about. By the way, you bring a bite size Joe and how it was a kids book, and I'm looking at this, and you got like the little Russian dolls with a bullet and some blood dripping. Well, from, like, yeah, this, yeah. Part, this is the perfect opposite. <laughs> They're talking about range, Axel. I mean, that, that's what it is. And then, of course, you Ross got Mike. Is cover artist. Ross is amazing. Yeah. The cover artist, he's amazing. He's it, my it, favorite. I mean, Mike Diodato, of course, mm-hmm. on this one. Which So when it comes to, you know, who you're figuring out to, to be your artist on a, on a given series, does it, like, does it start with Mike and then, like, oh, see what his availability is? Or is it just, is it more about tone and, like, he's more action? Than what? <laughs> that's a really good question. It's almost, does it start with Mike? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, not close. There's no job I wouldn't hire Mike for. 
because mm-hmm. he's that versatile. What it comes down to is, you know, what's available. And and again, be honest, I've been throwing at Mike some of the biggest, most bombastic projects. Sure. Most complex. Like the Fourth Man is not a big, big budget movie. Mm-hmm. But again, the scenery, you understand the mm-hmm. scenery and the yeah. environment needs to be established. You need someone who really pays attention to that. Yeah. And then with with the, with Red Zone, it's a big, big action movie with a very expensive budget. It, he's running around, blowing up shit, getting shot at, running over this girl. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. I and mean, it's, looking at it, looking, looking at my Pardon me. What was it? No. So I think Mike there, he's, he's able to cover that like no one else, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you again, not having looked at the synopsis because Joe and I wanted to hear it straight up from you. Mm-hmm. As I'm looking through the the art, I'm seeing and you say like how it's just you know an action movie and everything. And Mike does this. I don't. I don't think he does it all the time. He does it uncertain like where where he what he does with the paneling. Maybe he does do it all the time. But as soon as you said action, I'm like looking at the first page. It's like oh yeah, like this is like the what what he does with the paneling and how he fractions it and everything like that. <laughs> it very much fits like it gives that like action movie vibe off. It just on that alone. He's always reinventing the comic book format and the comic book page, page by page, and he just nailed the details on this. And again, it's a it's a fun action romp through modern day Russia, Putin's Russia, in which an older dude out of shape has to get out of the country with a a, a young woman who doesn't like them very much, <laughs> and they're trying to navigate uh, a, a, a an army of Russian operatives that have been dispatched to get him, many of whom have history with him. And also, many of whom are the super assassins. Only they're seventy-five now; they're not forty. You know, you know what, Joe? Where it, we we made, we made a mistake here. We should have sent your headshot to Mike Diodato. It <laughs> sounds like you should have been cast for this. He'd have done it. He'd have done it. Yeah, yeah, that's tremendous. So we've got we've got a you know Russian spy you know action book. We've got dark web. We've got some horror. We've got some you know some kill. What are some other types of genres that? that we could look forward to from you guys coming out uh, this year. More horror. Hmm. As I mentioned the, before uh, the, the uh, big budget superhero revenge flick. Yeah. Mm. You know, big budget superhero revenge flick, which is just spare no expense. It's an event, you know, in scale. Um, okay. We have, uh, let me think, I'm trying to get, not give away too much because some of them, the excitement comes from the creator mentioning mm. who the creator is. So I can't mention those. Sure. It's not so much the hook as a creator. That would, is is a real, 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 real news. And you said that you're now again not trying to. We understand yeah. you got to hold stuff back, but there are going to be. We're seeing people that we've you know already seen in the mix, but there are like at AWA, but we're going to see some new names too. Lot, lot, lots of new faces. Nice. You know, I'm working with a a, a writer, a, a very talented female screenwriter, nice. who's doing writing for some of the biggest directors in the world right now. Nice. On an amazing kind of a, let's I'll call it for like a better term I'll call it a science fiction erotic thriller. Oh, oh boy! Okay, we're gonna have to get her on just so we can get Joe uncomfortable. Yeah, talk, about, <laughs> talk about blending genres, yeah. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Blade Runner meets the Girlfriend Experience. You know? So, oh boy! Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Nick meets the real girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, not again, not to bring it back to to 2022, but it, it seemed like you know throughout the year to start the year. You know, even towards the end of 2021, you know, when, with the pandemic and everything, there was a lot of printer issues. There was a lot of paper shortages, things like that. And, and I've got a feeling that some of that led to maybe less stuff being published, you know, in 2022. And just as a whole, we know AWA doesn't, you know, they're not putting out three, four, five 
books a week. Yeah. Um, will 2023 see a, a bit of an increase in volume from you guys? More titles, you know, more stuff per week? Or you guys just going to kind of keep maintaining that same level of quality and what you put out is what you put out? That's the, the number one requirement is we can keep a base on a quality that we're really proud of. I think you'll see the same volume, just you'll see more, a higher percentage of OGNs okay. on the rack than in past years. So again, of course, the OGN comes out one month, so it won't cover four months or five months. Mm -hmm. But again, it'll, so we may have some months where we've got a couple of things on a week as opposed to three. But um, mm -hmm. but again, it'll be the same volume. We have the same amount of, same amount of projects planned. So when, you know, on that note too, because I was actually thinking about that too. Great. I thought that was a great question, Joe. When you look at, um, obviously you guys, like when you, from when you started, you've always been pretty much one to four issues, one to five issues. And then sometimes you go into that second arc that we saw with yeah. um, Ocean Erratic and in year zero, Devil's Highway. Got, again, another title that, uh, you know, we got the second volume of that in 2022. So good. Um, Marjorie Finnegan, I feel like has really been the only exception where off the rip that had two arcs to it is again like I that seems like that's what you guys do is that gonna is that continuing for the most part in this year or there, will there be exceptions mixed in yeah our plan was always to publish one new title every month mm -hmm. which meant that uh, if it was a four issue series it'd be off the racks by the fifth month mm -hmm. being replaced by something new but mm -hmm. the plan is always to have one a month and we've maintained that pretty much since the beginning yeah the only only month we didn't have a new offering on the rack was december when we put out the 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 the, the uh, universe compendium, mm -hmm. you know, which is which is a compilation, right? So we thought that was a big a big note, something we need to do, and it should occupy the prime placement in the month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that we we yeah. talked about. I mean, we talked about that with you last time you had it on, but since then too, we, we had a holiday gift guide that we talked about that book, and and we we talked about it a ton because I think it's just it is a perfect piece to have or to give to somebody mm -hmm. uh that is new to awa or new to comics or looking for something new because i mean it's for twenty dollars you're getting 20 issues right uh, mm -hmm. of just great storytelling and oh, that just, a telephone right? book a telephone book that offers an, a very easy primer into the resistance universe the origin of the universe and then the origin of individual characters within the universe you know yeah, so it's a good guy. We want to get that out there. So that's the only month we didn't have a new offering. It was more an opportunity to shine a spotlight on what we had already done. Yeah, yeah. And, and, so and I would argue you could have one for yourself and then gift it to somebody too. You might need to limit yeah. one or the yes, other. Yes, yes. I was I was told that from the Twitter account, and that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so so one of the things that 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 sort of you know interests me a little bit axel is because i i do like to know how you know the sausage is made you know mm -hmm. so to speak so you know since starting awa you know what have been some of the challenges um that you've experienced with starting an independent comic publisher and is there anything that you've learned either within this short time frame that you guys have been uh, a studio or there or have there been some outside sources as well that have sort of helped you grow and and continue to sort of push yourselves and get better well i mean the uh, the biggest challenge was covid of course yeah. covid happened and the same week the shutdown happened our first yeah. book on the stand you're like oh damn we have to <laughs> around that so that was a big challenge to get around and also disagreements about how to use money between myself and my former partner bill jemis about how we should mm. use money to get through the, the coming year and all the rest mm. um that's neither here nor there you know again all resolved ultimately uh what's been a pleasant surprise about about the overall landscape is seeing how 
what a great reception we've had to the books as IP in Hollywood. Mm. Very, very reaffirming because, again, books are our bedrock. But at the end of the day, we need we need the icing on the cake, you know? Yeah. And th that's where Hollywood comes in. We've had such a, a strong reaction to our IP. You know, we've had, we've sold a few things already. We're in great position right now to sell a couple more um, very soon for imminent announcement. So it's been oh, exciting what's happening because, yeah, we were founded to tell great stories. And for me, a great story could be told as a comic book, a book, a poem, a movie, a TV show, a haiku, whatever. Yeah. Good story is a good story. And a good story should be able to jump around different mediums, you know? Hmm. I'd love to see the preacher movie, you know, <laughs> now having seen the TV show. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it's, I mean, um, when you talk, that was actually a question we wanted to ask you about. We wanted to ask you about was, you know, when it comes to obviously we've heard about Chariot and then Hotel's got some stuff in progress, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then, and then Marjorie Finnegan. So, you know, actually, when one thing that we, you know, Joe and I talk about when we do our mainline episodes is if it's a book that hasn't been turned into a movie or a show yet, we ask, one another what our opinion is what fits best and yeah. with you guys i mean obviously you you know with, with hotel you go and turn that into uh you multiple volumes marjorie finnegan is multiple volumes off the rip um like do you go in with an intent every time you have these conversations with hollywood that like we i see this more as a movie or i see this more as a show or you kind of let them run the show and let them pardon the pun and then and then um you know make the decisions from there me, I think about a good story, but at some point in time along the way in developing it, it occurs to me this is a better movie or TV show. That's okay. I, I never go in developing with that in mind. What happens is in the course of doing it, I start realizing this is this is an amazing, long, epic season of TV. Mm -hmm. Or this is a movie. Mm -hmm. but again, I don't go in like that because that's not my lane. That's not my job. No, I mean, when you go into the conversations with the studios, not when you're developing oh, 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 the comic oh. itself. Yeah. Well, that's where our, our studio head, Zach Student, who's very well connected, and he, he gets a lay of the land. He talks to the right people, and he curates. Mm. It's a sense of what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think for him, it starts with the curation. He gets the right screenwriter or director or who have you on board. And then and then with that screenwriter, there's a director. Mm. Or with that director, there's a screenwriter. And then learns the producer. Gotcha. With Finnegan, we've got Margot Robbie's company, Lucky Chap. We've got Ruben Fleischer as a director. So mm -hmm. we, that's ka-ching, you know. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Is is Margot Robbie gonna be Marge Finnegan? <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, I'd, that I'd would be movie. great. I'd see that movie at viewing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think anybody would, and I. But I also think too, like you know, Ennis is being attached to it too. I mean, I think he's yeah. got you know, like obviously in general for comic book readers, yeah. but yeah, for shows too. Like looking at the success he's had. So anytime it's Garth Dennis attached to it, I feel like that's going to help for people who are interested in the comic book genre being brought or comic book yeah, medium being brought over. Yeah, his track record is incomparable, and his range and what he does is just so unique. Yeah, yeah. It really is. So yeah, I go in at some point in time along the road. I'll decide this probably be best adapted as this. But again, hmm. that's already my lane, and no one really listens to me anyway. So there you go, <laughs> totally noted. So again, we know right. There's there's probably a lot of stuff that's that's sensitive you can't talk about. But is is there anything you can talk about on some of the projects like Chariot Hotel, Marjorie Finnegan, like? where they are sort of in their, you know, progression, you know, in terms of when they might be released, where we might be able to, to, to watch them. That's 
out out of my hands. And mm. I might, again, it's not something I'm well aware of. Gotcha. You know, again, with Chariot, you know, there's a uh, stuff, you know, Warner Brothers and all the rest. So we have to just figure out you have to see how the dust settles. A lot of, gotcha. a lot of again, we have the commitment from everybody, you know. Mm. So, gotcha. Yeah. So it's still very, very early on in the stage. Very, early, very early on. Yeah, okay. yeah. We have a couple of other things that are more imminent. Mm -hmm. so we, one of them has not been announced yet. Even mm -hmm. it's imminent. So we'll announce it soon, hopefully, and then it'll. Nice. You know very, yeah. very excited for that. I mean, God, I mean, Joe and I look at, you know, plenty of your titles just from last year alone. And then now we got some new ones too. Where it's like, can't you, know, these things got to be turned into to stuff outside of comics as much as for, for Joe and I, you know, actually, actually, I don't know if we've ever asked this and we don't ask, I don't feel like we ask people this a lot, Joe, but I personally feel like comics is the superior medium. Like I, lo I love, you know, movies, I love, love shows and stuff like that. And I do, you know, try and make time for pros, but it's a little more challenging for me just because my mind wanders. But I feel like comics is a superior medium. I, obviously, you've worked in it for your whole life. Like, do you, like, I know you're, you love it and you're drawn to it. Is that, would you say, like, if you only had one to pick from that you could deal with the rest of your life, regardless of your job, mm -hmm. comics be the one you'd pick? Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. There's a question I was asked when I left Marvel is, well, where do you want to be? And I said, I'd love to stay in the graphic novel space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, again, it's it's a space I love to, to I like to work in because it's very immediate, mm -hmm. and you build amazing friendships and collaborations with people. I count among my best friends people like Garth Ennis, Esad Ribic. You know, these are my best friends. Mm -hmm. John Crystal, you know, Lee Lorridge, mm. uh, people, artists, writers, colorists, what have you. They're my friends now. I love working with them. There's nothing better than working with somebody you like right. Yeah, you guys wouldn't know. You guys wouldn't know. Yeah, no, no, it's really, it's tough. It's tough. I tell you. But so you know, actually, you mentioned that when you like when you left Marvel, and obviously you're a Vertigo before that. Now, so it's, but since 2018, in you've been doing, you know, obviously been doing this in general for a while. But when you look at now, what you're doing day to day, and and I guess specifically from last year, kind of looking back a little bit again, one more time. Is there anything from your day to day that that like surprises you that you know when you sit back and think about what's going on, or maybe some of the more the larger stuff when you're kind of assessing where things are with you personally in your career and looking at what AWA has turned into and what you've been doing personally? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of surprises along the way. I mean, the first one is more personal, which is that I'm amazed at how much I still give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? I, yeah. have not, I have not lost my energy. I feel like I'm 25. When I, do this, when I do this work, I love it. I love it. There's nothing more satisfying to me than having opening that book, you know, and just owning it, you know? Yeah. Um, the other thing is seeing how we've grown because like uh, right before the new year, hmm. we had an amazing uh, celebration for a new creative council. Our creative council now is composed of J. Michael Straczynski, Reginald Hudlin, who, who, who came onto the party off of directing a movie. Eddie Murphy, he's on set. He came to the party oh. after, yeah. So again, nice, amazing talent. Uh, uh, Joe Kaczynski, who directed a little movie called Talk on Maverick. <laughs> Jeez, man, oh, that yeah, was is he still is he doing Chariot? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Are you kidding? Oh wow! He's now on a creative council, yeah. and Lita Calagretis, who is Jane Cameron's right hand person, and wrote Avatar. <laughs> wow. Greg Hurwitz, the writer of New Think, among other things, Orphan X. And Al Madrigal, who's uh, the, the comedian and uh, uh, and writer of Primos, yep. comedian, actor. He's been in Marvel movies, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and screenwriter. An amazing group. We met at uh, at the the the, uh, the house of James Murdoch, who's one of our investors. Mm -hmm. Which is which is as Al Madrigal put it, 
Who'd have known there was a nice part of Beverly Hills? <laughs> it was. He has the, the sickest pad in all of Beverly Hills. Holy in all smokes. of Beverly Hills. It was amazing. We were there. We, we had a little celebration. The people in attendance were, you know, amazingly talented and diverse group of people that work in Hollywood who were excited to be there and talk with us and meet our creative council. Mm -hmm. The highlight of my evening was I was walking out toward the bar and back. And a, a man walked up to me and said, hi, Axel, I'm uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh. And I'm like, I heard of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah so I got being, a book you should look at. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man. Being, being in the room like that was not what, what I saw when we started this company. Yeah. But that said, for me, the focus is on the comic books, making mm. the books, because that's where I began my love of story, reading comic books as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I've been, when I began my career at Vertigo, it was the beginning of my whole career. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and, and uh, your folk like, seeing what you guys, what you have around you now. I mean, it shows like, like you said, like the, the focus that where you've kept your focus. It's had such a huge impact. It's it's mind blowing to see that. That's I mean, it's mind blowing in the sense of like just where you started with this and and then it's being a startup and everything and now how it's it's grown into. Um, but yeah, that that's awesome. I mean, this is this is this right here is why we wanted to do our state of the union stuff. Actual, um, let us hear it. Yeah, but um, one more thing, just because I realized when you were asking me about when I was mentioning the list of people who become my best friends in the industry, hmm. there are two notable exceptions I need to add right away Frank Cho and the incomparable Mike Theodoro Jr. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> again, these are, these are people that are close to my heart. I've worked with them for years. Hmm. I, again, I spend as much time with them as I do with my, my, my family. And uh, again, uh, I love them. And it's an amazing privilege to work with them every day, you know? Well, speaking yeah. of Frank Joe, Fight Girls, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Excellent. I love that book. Absolutely fantastic. He's got another thing for us coming up. Yeah. Oh, all right. With, yes. with, luck, we'll get, with luck, we'll get it on 2023, but I wouldn't bet the farm on it. We'll see. Oh, well, we'll have to talk 2024 this time yeah, next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, Axel, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and do a little quick State of the Union on everything going on with AWA. Of course, there's plenty of stuff you guys can pick up in trade paperback form that came up. Of course, we've got Trojan, we've got Black Tape, and we've got Red Zone coming out earlier in the year. There's other titles that are ongoing as well. Um, but, Axel, we really appreciate any time you make time to talk to us. We'll talk to you again at some point in, you know, five days. Uh, we really appreciate it. That's <laughs> good. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much, Jack. We appreciate it. for the support and the uh, the enthusiasm, dudes. Thanks a lot, dude. Oh, Take always. Care. See you. <laughs> I like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.